The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome to TGI Football here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we go any further that this show is presented to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. It is Friday, October 20th, 2023. Obviously, that means it is TGI football. We are going to recap the Thursday night game that we just saw between the Jacksonville Jaguars and New Orleans Saints. We are going to offer our pick three segment, which is also brought to you by DraftKings. And we will preview all of the games to come across week seven in the NFL. A reminder, though, that if you like podcasts and you like what we do, to please subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you access your podcast. Leave a rating, write a review. If you want to watch the production, you can do so as well on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. My name is RJ Ochoa. Steven Serta is out for the day. So the extraordinary Rachel Prevet is on the ones and twos. She and I are quite the team on Monday Football Monday, but she is also the third leg of our team on the NFC East mixtape, which is basically TGI football here today. Brandon Lee gotten from Bleeding Green Nation with me here today. The second show of the week that you and I are doing today, uh, Brandon. So um, yeah, I'm seeing your face a lot this week. I like the Monday Football Monday kind of intro here where you know it's just you on the screen at the beginning uh, and you kind of set up the right. show as opposed to like usually when we do TGI football it's the three of us but I like this better it's, it's more dramatic I get to like sweep in here and uh, be formally introduced I feel like I'm like a wrestler in WWE where I get my own intro music music and whatnot I um I'm not a wrestling fan like I, I don't like dislike wrestling or anything like that I just never like grew up and was into it or I grew up but I was never like into it while growing up um but um <laughs> I um I I recently like developed this want to watch wrestling documentaries um i watched the andre the giant one when it came out a few years ago and it was fascinating so if anybody has any suggested wrestling documentaries mm-hmm. i would love to check some out on whatever streaming platform that they're at yeah i don't i can't think of any off the top of my head i read eddie guerrero's book once upon a time and i thought that was a really nice or interesting what's read. the last book you read it's been a while i don't <laughs> I, tell, I don't have time to read. I read Twitter too much, and I read you know things for work too much that it's not really enjoyable to me in my free time to be doing more reading, but of something differently. I like reading. I used to read all the time before I read read all the time now for work, so it's just been a long time. Uh, I could do an audio I, um, book. I don't think I could do a reading. 
I, I was going to say before you said that last bit that I empathize with you completely, uh, but I can't do audiobooks. My wife listens to them all the time. It's just, I, and I love podcasts. I, I mean, we'll listen to the Espionation NFL show, by the way, but um, I can't do an audiobook for whatever reason. Um, just not my thing. So I haven't tried it out, but I, I also say I could do that at the same time. I have like a billion podcasts that I listen to. So it's just the time isn't there for me, I feel like. Mm. Um, well, do you want to start the show or do you want to keep, you know, <clears throat> no, we can this? just keep riffing. Uh, uh, Thursday night football happened. Um, this is a hectic time of year for sports, uh, especially if your sports team is doing well. Um, sorry about the Phillies, Brandon dropping game three, but still have that two one lead. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, uh, I'm sure you'll uh, be fine. Um, whatever. Anyway, uh, Astros uh, tied the series on the AL side of things. Hey, how about the Flyers? Three and one. Top of the I thought the, the new, I thought the new orange that you hyped up was for the Astros. And like at the, at yeah, the very right. beginning. Sure. Uh, well, yeah. I know, but I just that's where my mind went. Um anyway, uh good good for the Flyers. Um, I don't have any beef with them. Uh but Thursday night football was going on at the same time as game four of the ALCS. The Jacksonville Jaguars survived Brandon against the New Orleans Saints 31 to 24. Uh there was a defensive touchdown in this game which for a moment meant that all defenses so far this season, I don't know if you saw this floating around on Twitter, um, had scored as many touchdowns in the Superdome as the Saints offense mm. this season. Um, that did change near the end, and it could have changed even more. Um, the Foster Moreau drop uh, was kind of the thing that took center stage. This is a really gross loss for the Saints, um, despite what the scoreboard reads. It was a really frustrating night for them on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, the Saints team, you guys were talking about this a lot on Monday Football Monday, where the Saints team just, you know, they're supposed to get Derek Carr in to make a difference, and it hasn't. It's just the same Saints team that we've seen in the past. So, um, and that's just not good enough. It's more of the same. Um, I saw calls for Jameis Winston last night. I'm like, what? Like, what's it? Okay, sure, but like, are, what are we doing? Like, that's going to change. That's going to change anything? Like, we haven't seen that before. That was so great. I think that. Those calls are fair though, like because because they're at this is at a point where it's like anything, just give me anything else, you know, what I mean? like sure, just to see, like I mean, okay, what, I don't, no, no one is different? like, oh, this is well, I mean, I agree with you, but like it's no, no it, you talk about this all the time, like play the young guys, you know, what I mean, and not that Jameis is young, but like just give us another option, we know, like quit, quit sinking the season further, um, which is crazy to say because it's not like the Saints season is sunk by any stretch, um, but this offense is just, I mean. Offense is down in the NFL as a whole, like across the entire league, but some teams feel particularly down. And the Saints are one of those. Like it just feels so difficult for them to have any success when the ball's in their hands. I mean, their quarterback plans, you know, post Drew Brees just haven't been really inspiring, right? At any given point, have they done something that makes you feel like, okay, that could truly be the move? I mean, the biggest thing would be Derek Carr. And I mean, he's basically just the same player he was with the Raiders. So like when when was there ever a point where you're like oh I'm excited about that because it's just been Carr Andy D Dalton as a placeholder kind of very not like much a long term answer Jameis like Taysom they like, yeah Book. where's like the rookie like where's like drafting we well, uh, it was it was Ian Book yeah, yeah but I mean, like that okay answer. that worked out great like where's drafting someone but like that was like what like a third round pick fourth round pick or something you know like where's like yeah. like a serious resource. Uh, invested in a young player, maybe like a second round pick, like take a chance on someone. There's, there's no even hope of like, you know, someone with upside at that spot and other, and you're, it's kind of a shame because you're just wasting like a roster. Otherwise that has some pieces or, or defense that's, you know, had like, there's, there's some things here that if you have the quarterback, then you're in the mix, especially in that week uh, NFC South, but um, they very much are not. 
Well, they famously did not have a first round pick uh, about six months ago. Shout sure. out, of course, well, that's part Jimmy of Carter. it. But that's, that's I know, I know. Like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like they're, they're making like, these it's dumb. These... They treat it up so they can get Crystal Lobby. Okay, great. Who's throwing to him? Um, I think that what happens sometimes, and, and people make this argument in different ways, but um, like people get so hyper focused on their team, right? Like, say somebody is like, I saw people talking about this from like a Bills perspective last week, um, like after the Sunday night mess. And so, like, because then, you know, after the week is over, you get all the, like, the charts and the data that, like, you know, contextualize everything. And, and like, Bills fans are like, you see, like, if you're just watching us, it feels like the world is ending, but we're better than everybody else, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and so I think what happens is, like, if you're not paying a hyper level of attention to another team, then you just see, like, the Derek Carr highlights. And so you're, like, in your mind, you're like, oh, this dude's, like, really good. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to come in. And you're not seeing the, like, the majority of time. You're, you're just seeing, like, one end of the spectrum. Um, and I don't know that I'm accusing the Saints like front office of doing that. Um, they were in a weird spot, but they they decided to tread water. And that's just a tough, tough, tough place to well, be in. I saw another tweet floating around that Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in his division in 2023. And that there's like no level of disagreement with that. Like, like that, That's a wild thing. Like I can't like argue with that whatsoever, which is amazing because you know it's not like Baker's great or anything like that. But we thought Derek Carr, remember the, all the like, as soon as he was traded, it was like, oh, he's the third best quarterback in the NFC, right? Like, I, like is he even in the top half of NFC quarterbacks right now? I don't know. I'd have to really think about that. But it, at the very least, it felt like he would be the best quarterback in that division because there's not much competition for that title. Um, but you can't even necessarily say that, right? I mean, I think you would take Baker over him right now. I don't know. But or at least it's close. Um, yeah, it's it's a team that totally just like did not have a realistic assessment of where they were when they made that trade for Olave and gave up a future first round pick two years ago or whatever before the 2022 draft. Well, yeah, this past, this past year where the pick ended up being what, like 10th overall like, that they gave to the Eagles. Right, but I'm saying that the trade was ahead of, of the 2022 oh, NFL yeah. draft. Oh yeah, I guess so. Olave. Yeah, and, but and then the, the capital involved is still going on, right. but the heavy capital was in the 23 draft. You give up a top 10 pick, <laughs> like that's for to trade up for a wide receiver, and also, um, you know, they still owe a second round pick to the Eagles this this upcoming draft. Right. So like, you know, they're still kind of paying the cost of that. It's just, yeah, and like again, why? Like, what made you think you were just like so ready to go all in on this? It's it's bizarre. Um. Not a not a realistic or smart team. Let's talk about the team who won this game, the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. There was a question about Trevor Lawrence and his ability to play. Um, 20 of 29 for 204 yards, had the touchdown to Christian Kirk that, um, you know, kind of iced the game. Um, nice 44-yard score. Um, eight rushing attempts for Lawrence, 59 yards. So a really gritty performance. Um, this was, again, I think embarrassing for Jacksonville that it became close. Uh, because New Orleans couldn't get anything done on offense. But a win is a win is a win, as the iconic Rob Stasker loves to say. Um, you get the win on the road on Thursday Night Football. You now get the mini-buy to rest up for a game in Pittsburgh before your actual buy, plus your 5-2. and two. Like, the Jaguars, I think it says something that they're able to, you know, gut out five wins through seven weeks. Um, like, they're, they're living up to being a tried-and-true contender status, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was kind of worried about them at one and two and was like, okay, is this another slow start for Doug EP? Because that's been an issue in the past for him that usually finishes strong, but kind of gets off to a slow start in some of these seasons here. But here they are, four straight wins. They're five and two. Uh, the next closest teams in the AFC South are three and three apiece. 
and the Jags beat one of those in the Colts there. So that's a nice little tiebreaker to have, although, you know, I don't know where their season's going to go post Anthony Richardson injury. Uh, and they did lose the Texans, so that's not great for them. But uh, yeah, they're in a nice little spot here after winning four games. And I think uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, is indeed, you know, kind of making or has made that leap. And I think this was a big time performance for him when he wasn't even a sure thing to play. And Doug Peterson historically has been great on Thursday night. I think I don't remember if he's still undefeated, but he has like a really if he if at most he has one loss ever. He was always really good on Thursday night. And that continues. This was a tough spot for the Jags, like you said, to have to go on the road on a Thursday night game, something the Cowboys never have to have to face the advantage of typically. So uh, it's nice that the Jags are doing well because I thought they were a fun team at the end of last year. And it's nice to see they've carried that momentum over. Um, the Cowboys living in your mind rent free. That's, you know, death taxes and that. It's a relevant uh, I suppose. point. Um, anyway, um, good win for the Jaguars. Five and two, like I said. Um, it's weird that they get their bye shortly after their first game after Thursday night football. You know what I mean? Like you would, you would think that you would kind of get your mini buy and then maybe like a three or four game run before like you get your actual buy. Like, I think that's a little mm-hmm. bit unfair to Jacksonville that the, the two kind of sandwich a game, but I mean, whatever, uh, I'm well, sure Doug Peterson will survive <clears throat> nonetheless. They get it right before having to play the 49ers hosting the 49ers. So that's probably not a bad buy, time to get it by itself. Right. Yeah. Although uh, some would argue that um, getting a buy after you play the 49ers is a good thing. Like, what was it? Um, people, Cowboys fans were talking about this last week. Um, what was the like? I think teams were like 0 and 15 the week after playing the Niners, um, like dating back to last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas obviously won last week, but um, that, that was like a thing for a little while. So, yeah, something to monitor. But there's a night football, uh, a good one. Um, I think we're still waiting to be like, captivated on a thursday night game this season you know what i mean like it, it <laughs> i think it's we're not, waiting it's a to little, be captivated on a thursday night game ever <laughs> it's it's a little well the last time i was captivated was the colts broncos game last year but like in a negative well, way you know it, yeah, was, in a very it was captivating how like awful it was um but it's it's not quite background stuff you know what i mean but it's it's like one gear above that you know what i mean like it's, it's unserious you know, thursday night football is unserious um, shout out to the Jacksonville Jaguars and shout out to the New Orleans Saints for being interesting enough to at least lead the discussion. Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, Brandon, uh, we're going to preview all of the games, but first we are going to do our pick three segment, which is brought to everyone by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer. When you sign up, that is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. It is a pick three segment because there are normally three of us here, uh, but Steven is not here. Uh, but he is diligent, and so he sent his leg of the parlay. He also sent his lock of the week. Um, last week, uh, we went over, Brandon. Uh, we've been coming really close uh, twice this season. We've hit two of the three. We have yet to hit all three in the history of this Friday show. Uh, perhaps this is the week. Steven was bad luck on those two out of three weeks, so maybe get rid of him. Uh, mm. This one is the boost that we needed. Uh, but so we all missed last week during Eagles at Jets. Steven picked the game. We're doing the Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Los Angeles Rams. He has taken the over on Puka Nakua receiving yards at 59 and a half. Those are minus 130 odds. Uh, Puka Nakua pretty unstoppable so far this season. That feels safe. Uh, but again, Steven's kind of been the kiss of death here. Uh, I'm a little bit worried if I'm being honest. He's one in five at this so far this season. Wow. And so your confidence level in his prop. 
Um, I think Pukunakua is kind of hard to bet against right now. He <laughs> he is. I mean, he just goes out there and just racks up volume each and every single week. I mean, he was leading. I don't know if he's still leading the NFL in receiving. He was at least uh, entering week five. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to bet against him right now when he is. What's he averaging this season? Yards per game. He's averaging a 99.7 yards per game this season. So, yeah, at 60 yards, basically, I think that's not crazy to hit. By the way, he is fourth in receiving. Two yards shy of 600, uh, trailing only Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek mm-hmm. has um, about 150 yards, 140 yards on um, on A.J. So, uh, kind of the most impossible end in the world to catch. What is your, like, BLG? I'm going to go with Najee Harris under... 51 and a half rushing yards like why is Najee Harris still a thing like he's not he's not good he's obviously like, just watching like, obviously Warren. not good uh this is a guy who now in a, like, a big sample size in terms of his career is averaging like th- under four point yards per carry you know we got 3.9 like it's just and you watch him play and it's just there's nothing threatening about him so I mean the Steelers you know he could get this number based on the Steelers just continually, continuously uh, wasting plays by putting him out there over and over. But I think hopefully they're going to realize that, yeah, they should be using Jalen Warren more. And uh, Rams defense hasn't been run defense hasn't been amazing, but it's been fine. And the Steelers offense as a whole has just struggled. So uh, I just I just don't want to like if you had to place a bet on one of these two things, I think you would have to like the under. So I'm going to go with the under here. We don't do unders a lot um, around here. You've you know flirted with them so far this season. I think this is a good one. Um, kind of like it's difficult to bet against Puka. It's easy to bet against Najee um, in this sense. As a Jalen Warren fantasy um, stockholder, I'm definitely a fan of getting him more involved. Uh, by the way, I know you don't play fantasy. Are you aware that this is fantasy like by Mageddon? There's six teams on by this week. So it's a, it's a tough scene from a fantasy mm. landscape. Wow. I'm saying. Anyway, I don't play. Uh, I help a couple Matthew's people def- manage their teams as like a little bit of a, you know, like a consultant. Like, like a part-time you know, job? Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, he's front office. No, not as a part-time job. Like, oh, you know, you, um, front office people, like a you're, consultant. You're um, you're Vic Fangio ahead of the Super Bowl. The Eagles right, lost. exactly. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll talk about that, obviously, as we get to uh, the Sunday night game. Um, I'm taking something you said you help people in fantasy. I don't know if you do like any kind of um, like prop, you know, fantasy, uh, whatever. Uh, this is a really common thing, something like this. I'm taking the over on Matthew Stafford's rushing yards, one and a half. I just need two rushing yards, Matthew. <laughs> uh, minus 120. Just get, you know, float out, you know what I mean? Roll out and don't see anything. Take the easy first down. Like, I'm talking like, you know, a third and, and four kind of situation. <laughs> just scamper forward. Hold the ball out, you know, in front of the chains, and we're good to go. It's a super easy low-hanging fruit sort of thing. I don't want to mess around. I really want us to hit one of these. Dangerous with the, like, the negative potential in terms of, like, he could hit this early, and then, like, he runs later and, like, slides whatever behind the line of scrimmage and loses yards. He's... He only has rushing. Uh, the most he has in a game this year is 17. And um, after that, it's 14, 11, 7, 2, and 0. So he has gone over in uh, five of the Every 16. game but one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this shouldn't is... be impossible, but uh, we'll see. Um, our friend Conan said in the YouTube chat that this SGP actually has a chance of hitting. I don't I know what we're so. going to do. Um, 
when it finally does happen. Um, it, I, a teeny tiny part of me is sort of rooting for it to never happen. Um, that would be kind of funny as well. Wow. Uh, but uh, by the way, our total odds on this, Brandon, are an even Steven plus 500. Mm-hmm. Can you please explain that to the listener? Yeah, so let's say you put $10 in the DraftKings Sportsbook on this bet. You would, if it hits, all three legs hit, you win the same game parlay, you would be paid out $60, so you would profit 50 bucks. Look at that. $50 profit. What would you buy with $50, Brandon? Probably um, nothing. Um, I think a good thing to consider buying, this isn't an ad, but the new Spider-Man game is out. I'm very, very, very excited. I've been talking about this. I was going to say like a video game, but I don't think I have the time to play it. But I would like to, in theory, buy it. Sure. There's also, I know you have a Switch. Um, There's a new, uh, I don't know what it's called, but a new Super Mario game out that's supposed to be like reminiscent Mm. of old, like the the 2D left to right, you know, kind Mm. of style. I don't know if I like that. Anyway, that is our our same game parlay brought to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Better the time has come to preview every single game wow. um, that isn't Thursday night football in week seven. We won't get super deep into Monday night football, uh, but we will offer one sentence, of course, um, and then turn to Rachel for the final sentence on Monday night football. Uh, we start in the Rachel, correct me if I'm wrong, Queen <clears throat> City. You, you I always get the, this wrong. What Baltimore you didn't set is. up the zap thing. Oh, well, by the way, everyone has to say that. Maybe Rachel's going to zap me if I got this wrong. Charm City. Thank you, Rachel. I'm sorry. I always want to say Charm is Seattle. I know that's not true. Um, I guess Seattle is what the Emerald City. Um, Aren't there two Queen Cities? Oz is, well, I think Cincinnati is the Queen City. Queen City. Um, but the, the land of Oz is the Emerald City. And I think Seattle is as well. Um, but so Baltimore is the Charm City. Um, all I know is um, Tracy Turnblad uh, sings Good Morning Baltimore. That's what I always think of. But anyway, um, we each uh, hold the right to zap somebody, BLG, and by somebody, it would be the other. Um, so if I don't want to hear what you have to say about a game, I can zap you. If you don't want to hear what I have to say about a game, you can zap me. Rachel, you do hold Steven's zap, um, mm-hmm. so you can zap Brandon or I at any given point in time. However, um, the Chiefs game cannot be zapped because Steven covers the Chiefs here at SB Nation. The Eagles cannot be zapped because Brandon covers um, the Eagles here at SB Nation. And, Rachel, remember this. Uh, when we hand out the Friday Football Friday, whatever we're going to call it, MVP, because we're going to do that today, the Ravens cannot be zapped because they're perfect and wonderful in every conceivable way. They play in the Charm City. Mm. Um, so that being said, let's head to the Charm City, Brandon, wow. where the Ravens are um, laying three points at home to the Detroit Lions. The Motor City uh, and uh, a true classic home field, just three-point advantage. Uh, between two of the better teams in football right now. I mean, I feel like you're going to lose your 
your chance at this award with your pick for this game. Um, well, so I guess I should go first then. Yeah. Um, so I am locking this game up. I'm locking up the Detroit Lions. You locked them up last Rachel, year. How could you possibly give him this award? He's <laughs> locking up a, the team that's going to beat the Ravens. Um, you locked the Lions up last week as three-point favorites on the road against the Bucks. Bit of a struggly kind of a game early on, uh, but they covered uh, nevertheless. You are five and one, by the way, as is Steven. Yep. Finally lost last week. I'm I got back to five hundred, so I'm three and three nice. thanks to uh, my backdoor cover with the Raiders last week. But mm-hmm. um, my my reason for this, I'm getting points here. You know what I mean? Like the Lions are um, one of the best teams in football right now. Um, by whatever measure you want to say, a top five, maybe top three team. I don't know where they were in your power rankings this past week, but they are so easy to bet on. And so if I'm getting points in the process, like that is just too juicy of a proposition to pass up. If this was kind of a pick em, I might lean away from it, but three points, man. I mean, I just, um, it feels like it, it would feel irresponsible not to take it. I think very highly of the Ravens, but this is just from a betting perspective, too juicy of a situation to um, to thumb my nose at. Lions have a lot of juice right now. You look at their road games and you see a ton of fans there. It's not something you would expect typically from that fan base. Um, But there's like a real energy around this team. Agreed. And I think we even see that like behind the scenes here at at SB Nation. Like the pride of Detroit and shout out to Jeremy, our good friend Jeremy Reisman and the staff there. It's popping off like their traffic numbers, everything. There's a real, there's like a Lions fever right now. And I think they have the vibes. Like, whereas last year, I think the Eagles had great vibes in a lot of ways. I think the Lions are like the vibe team of the NFL. I think they have amazing vibes. Hard to bet against them for me right now, especially when they're they're getting points. I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to be back and forth. Lions offense is cooking. Ben Johnson, Jared Goff is playing like an MVP candidate. Like He's making some high-level throws and whatnot. Uh, Lions are getting Jamison Williams going. That's very exciting. And one of the things that the Lions also have going for them, really good run defense. I think they're going to shut down Baltimore's rushing attack and put a lot of pressure on Lamar. I think at the end of the day, um, I just I don't like betting against Dan Campbell and this Lions team right now. So the fact that they're getting points, I will absolutely take those points. Um, I feel for Lions fans that are Spartans, right? They like went to Michigan State or support Michigan State because like it's got to be a really cool thing. It, like our buddy Jeremy Reisman, who is a Michigan Wolverine, to have like a Michigan Wolverine be this superstar for the Lions. Like that's got to be really cool if that works out for you and mm-hmm. your fandom. But if you went to the other school in the state, that's just got to be like super annoying. But like now, uh, that is awesome. I have a friend who's a, a Lions fan who is a big Michigan State fan. And I don't think he cares that Aiden Hutchinson is awesome for the Lions. I'm, maybe you don't care, but it would be cooler if, sure. you know what I mean, if the shoe were on the other nice side. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, exactly. Um, okay. So, uh, Rachel, remember that Brandon also picked the Lions. Yeah, the I, Buffalo. Or they lock them. So. The Buffalo Bills are traveling to New England where if the Lions are the all vibes team of the NFL, the Patriots are the no vibes team of the NFL. Awful Um, vibes. The the vibes are so bad. Um, Nobody feels bad for them and nobody will because they've had more than their fair share of success over the last 20, what, five years at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not quite, but still. um, The Patriots are getting eight and a half points at home against the division rival Bills. I would... In a, if this was almost literally any other team, Brandon, I would take the points because the Bills have not looked strong as of late. Last Sunday night was very concerning, mm-hmm. um, but the Patriots are just so bad. Like, I can't do that. Like, even even as lack of a believer as I am or uh, as big of a doubter I am in the Bills, um, I'm totally willing to lay eight and a half points on the road. How could you – like, I'm not saying you're doing this, but how could anyone take the Patriots to win? You could conceivably – you could argue the case yeah. for, like – 
okay, maybe they somehow find a way to cover the spread. But like, how could you? Where's the scenario where they win the game? Um, the only way you can is if you keep doing the like, well, Bill Belichick might, you know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing they've had like forever is like, he might find a way, he might find a way. He's Bill Belichick, blah, blah, blah. But like, the, the, like, the juice on that is like the, the benefit of that data is, is really kind of spent at this point. Patriots also just banged up. I mean, it could be a scenario where it's week one and Josh Allen turns the ball over, throws four interceptions or whatever, but uh, I'm not going to bet on that happening. I'm going to bet on the Bills actually playing better than they did the last time we saw them. And I think they will win and cover. And uh, it's a different world we live in where the Bills are, you know, this fa- favored this heavily and it's just like yeah they're gonna go into new england no problem and win um the washington commanders brandon are coming off of a bit of a surprising win in atlanta last week they are traveling to face the new york giants who were on the wrong end of that gross bills game on sunday night football the commanders again on the road are two and a half point favorites against the giants if you need any indication at how poorly this season has gone for mm-hmm. the giants they are two and a half point dogs at home against the commanders like what a pathetic you know kind of state the gmin are in yeah originally on the nfc's mixtape i said i really think i have to lean with the commanders because the specific matchup of their defensive front versus the giants poorest offensive line but i look at the commanders and how unimpressive that win was against the falcons last week and i'm like it wasn't even a good win for i mean like it wasn't even they weren't they didn't play well in that win they didn't even play we, that well. we picked it apart a lot on the mixtape you're right so i'm like what am i doing here why uh, give me the points give me the dog the giants with the i think it could be a close game anyway they could lose this game and still cover um i don't know i think i believe in the giants energy and fight a little bit more than i believe in the commanders actually doing anything meaningful so uh, and also, the Giants have been unlucky in some ways, and I think maybe due for a little bit of good luck here. Um, I don't know. I'm just—it's not about me believing in the Giants ultimately as much as I just think I don't believe in the Commanders. I'm—I said this on the mixtape. Like, I'm not giving the Giants any benefit until they earn something. Like, this would barely meet the like minimum of earning something to even cover, let alone win. Uh, I guess if you win, you cover in this game. But, like, um, I just can't do it. I mean, I, I cannot believe in them whatsoever. I think Daniel Jones is going to play. It kind of looks that way as a, we're doing this uh, Friday around lunchtime on the East Coast. Um, but even then, like, I, I just – I can't do it. Like, I'm I'm staying super far away. Um, what is the New York team that is closest to winning a title? Uh, like, uh, any the Liberty sport? just lost. Yeah, the Liberty just lost NBA Finals. I mean, so I can't speak they were, for they like were the closest. baseball as much or hockey. I think the Islanders are good. I don't know. They've been in the mix, right? Like the, the NHL playoffs last year. Like yeah, the Rangers were in the there Rangers, too. Like, I would say it's it's one of them. It's not the, Liberty. the Knicks. Um, it's an, it's, well, or the Nets, for that know. matter. Um, definitely, definitely not the Nets. But like, it's I mean, not the Giants. It's not the Jets. The, uh, the Mets are a disaster, be, too. It might be the Jets honestly it might be the jets in the scenario where they kind of hang on this season aaron Rodgers gets healthy and then they just go into the playoffs and they make a run i think that's like the best i think that's the most realistic scenario of any team i would say all right well like obviously from a football perspective i have a high level of disdain for aaron Rodgers. but if aaron Rodgers missed the entire regular season and came back and defied all this like medical science with the achilles thing and led the jets to the super bowl it would be the most exhausting offseason of all time. Like it, it would be unlike anything we've ever experienced. In That's a, a part like, to the Eagles loss. Like that doesn't like it's so small because it's not like, you know, something, but it does bother me a little bit like that. They gave the Jets some 
hope in some life when they could have. I'm fine with that. that I'm, I'm super fine with that. I'm sure, but um, I'm just saying, the, like, it would be nice to not even have the threat of Aaron Rodgers be relevant. The Atlanta Falcons have started to sputter uh, based on last week's loss against the Commanders that we outlined. Um, they kind of threw that game away. Uh, they will be visiting the best quarterback in the NFC South, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Baker and the Bucks is some nice alliteration. Uh, Tampa are two and a half. Elton John. Uh, that's not as much alliteration. It sounds good, but Baker and the Bucks is alliterative. Um, yeah, the, the Bucks are laying dialogue. two and a half point, two and a half duh, points at home. The Bucks duh, are laying duh, um, at Raymond duh, James Stadium, duh, my house at duh, RJ Stadium on Twitter. Duh, duh, um, duh, duh. I, I'll take the Bucks, but not super confidently. Um, but I do think like I'm not saying this is like a shocking revelation, but they they are the best team in the NFC South. Like I know the Falcons have a cute little roster, and Kyle Pitts got a touchdown last week and whatever. But like maybe the best is the not the right way to put it. They're the team I trust the most in the NFC South. <clears throat> the odds on the Bucks winning the division before the season were like really favorable. I know someone who took that bet and I was like, man, kind of regret not taking that bet myself. Cause like, you know, it was a wide open division. Like why not? And the favorable odds. Uh, I have to fade Desmond Ritter as I am the only one who has ever been brave <laughs> enough to say he is not good, dude. He's not good. And Baker is not great either. But I believe in what Baker has to offer more than I do in what Desmond Ritter has to offer. And I don't know. Spucks team has been feisty. They've had signs of life where this Falcons team is still kind of, even though they've changed coaches, they've changed GMs, they've changed quarterbacks. There's just something about the Falcons somehow consistently throughout that all where you like, you just don't trust them and they're going to find a way to blow it. And uh, so, yeah, I'll side with the Bucks here. When was the last time you were like afraid of the Falcons as an NFL team? Like never. I don't think that's fair. I Maybe mean, the like, Michael Vick era Falcons. I mean, even the like 2016 Falcons that lost the Super Bowl, like they were a really high-powered offense, and obviously Eagles. Kyle Shanahan. I wasn't scared of them. Not in 2016. Yeah, they did. They lost the in the regular season, mm -hmm. I guess. Okay, well, they lost the playoff game the next year. Is kind of what I was talking about. But um, watch out though, because now the the Eagles have Julio Jones. So um, mm, we'll you know, get to that. Out. Unstoppable. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, what was what was the quote? He wants to uh, dominate he's coming or whatever. In here, don't get it twisted. He's coming in to dominate. <laughs> um, okay, we're both taking the Bucks. The uh, the Cleveland Browns, coming off of one of the most impressive wins that any NFL team has had so mm. far this season, are visiting the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Colts now officially without Anthony Richardson for the rest of the season. There's a bummer of a situation there. Um, that's a tough thing for a fan base to go through. I saw um, a couple of weeks ago when when like it started to be reported that this was possible on the Colts subreddit, um, all these fans are like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> They're like, I, I don't know if I can deal with 10 months of talk about the injury. Because you know what something like that is like? Like every um, like recent example for me would be uh, the Dak Prescott ankle thing. Like at any any time he showed up like anywhere publicly, you're looking at photos and whatever. He's got a shoe on, a brace on. Mm -hmm. How's he moving? How's he stepping? Like that can be exhausting to go through as a fan base in general, let alone if you've been through what Colts fans have been through. And Brandon, look, Chris Ballard was dealt the worst hand in NFL history. Andrew Luck retired on him, you know, five years ago, four years ago, whatever. So, like, we should really give him a pass for, like, all of the mistakes that he's made because what could he really do, dude, in four years? I mean, so, uh, but nevertheless, tough scene for the Colts. I'm taking the Browns. Oh, yeah, this one's actually unfortunate and bad luck, but. Sure. Uh, man, P.J. Walker. 
tough. I mean, I, I was very glad that the Browns were able to pull that win off upset win over the 49ers, but he certainly almost ruined it by looking terrible and making some truly awful throws. So I don't love that. I would stay away from this game when it comes to actually betting it because that makes me nervous, that part of it. But I mean, the Browns defense is so dominant and I think they should be able to shut down Gardner Minshew and this Colts offense. So I'll take the Browns here. I just, I really wish their quarterback situation wasn't a disaster. It would be, it would be the most like NFL thing of all time for the Browns to beat the Niners and then go lose to the Gardner Minshew Colts. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that would be like a classic NFL thing, but so, um, but ever this game, this next one, Brandon is pretty gross. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders who, um, who were my lock last week successfully visit the Chicago bears, the Justin Fields list, Chicago bears, again, very gross. Um, the bears are getting two and a half points at home. Um, you've hated on the fields version of the bears. So maybe this version piques your interest a little bit more. Mm. I still have to fade Justin Fields. That's my strategy, and typically it works out for me. So um, Raiders are, what, they're still starting it's un- Brian Hoyer? I don't know if it's unknown, but it's a little bit, like, up and down, whether Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play or Aiden O'Connell or whatever. But, I mean, that's something, like, it's this is just gross. Like, I want nothing to do with this game. Yeah, you know, like, I don't even want Scott Hansen to cut to it. Max Crosby is going to have uh, a big day going up against that Bears offensive Put a line number on it. And Justin Fields. So put a number on it. Yeah. What do you mean? You said he's going to have a big day. Like what is that? Three and a half sacks on Justin Fields, who is predisposed. He holds the ball more than any quarterback in the NFL in terms of. But he might not play Justin. He's not going to play Justin Fields. Well, who's the backup? He's the undrafted free agent. Have you seen this story? Um, I'm looking up his name because it's a difficult name to pronounce. Um, His dad is the, is like a 28 time arm wrestling champion. Well, actually, I'm going to go the other way then and say that quarterback looks better than Justin Fields and uh, the Bears win. Um, so Jimmy Garoppolo, just to, again, these things are changing, um, has been ruled out. So that stinks. Um, and that's not going to be fun. Um, again, whether it's Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer, I have a hard time, you know, kind of whatever. But Tyson Bajent, Bajent, Bajent? Yeah, I'm going to um, go with him. Tyson I believe Bajent. in him. He is an undrafted rookie. He's got it. I don't know. I I don't know the last time an undrafted free agent rookie started in the NFL as early as week seven, but that's mm. about to happen here with the Chicago Bears. Um, they're going to look like the wishbone offense. It's going to be incredible to watch. But we're both taking the Raiders. Oh, you're no, ta- taking are you really Bears. taking the Bears? Yep. Um, Rachel, I don't know if you have access to the Icebox sound effect, uh, but because Brandon and I you can't are can't do the icebox with um, people. It's always going to be so. We need you to tell us who you're picking, the Raiders or the or the Bears. And you can uh, you can chat it or you can jump on screen and say it. But one of us is going to be in the icebox as a result of this. Um, so Raiders or Bears, I'm going to buy you a little bit more time. Uh, I'm smoking a brisket at the moment, Brandon. I'm very excited. Um, she's taking the Raiders. So Brandon is in the icebox. Now you can play it, Rachel. Get your coat, Brandon cold time yeah sorry Rachel. we should have prepped you for that a little bit that's on that's on brandon not on me uh the arizona cardinals blg are visiting the seattle seahawks cardinals had a cute little hey maybe they're actually going to be kind of good or not super duper bad um teeny little window um that's fading quite a bit um i will say i this is a very large line 
Um, there it what, is. What's the that's it's a big number? <laughs> couldn't remember what it, I couldn't remember what it was. No, but it's different. You say like that's this is a big line. That's the, that's the exact. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna take the Cardinals to cover. Mm. I I want to believe in the Seahawks so much, but like I really need to see the offense like put their <coughs> excuse me put their foot <coughs> down. You okay? And hold it. Um, not, yeah, I'm fine. It's my iced coffee that's got me <coughs> a little emotional. Um, so I'll take Seattle to win, but Arizona to cover. I'm gonna take the Seahawks. I mean, they were they put up what 37 in two straight weeks earlier this season. I think they can score. And I guess maybe the only thing that does worry me here is the NFC West has these like weird things that happen where what like the 49ers always beat the Rams. And then I think typically right. the Cardinals, for some reason, even with like different coaches and quarterbacks, just like they they play good football in Seattle for some reason, even though they've been bad a lot of times. So that kind of worries me a little bit. They just seem to do that for some reason. Um, but I don't think that last week's game against the Bengals means that the Seahawks are bad all of a sudden. I think that the Cardinals are really bad. And they had that little boost at the beginning of the year where like, oh, no one believes in us. Everyone thinks we're going to be the worst team in the NFL. We're playing with house money feel. And then eventually, you know, teams catch up to them in terms of uh, what can be figured out. And they're no longer taking teams by surprise. And teams aren't underestimating them as much. And their talent disparity is showing up a lot more. And I think that's going to be the case in this game. I like the Seahawks to win in cover. The Seahawks are the 10th overall team by FTN Fantasy's DVOA. Do you know where they rank offensively? And if you don't, what would you guess? I'm going to say... They're 10th overall. Uh, 7th. 9th. And just, it hasn't quite felt that way to me. I recognize that that's a silly way to put that, but... Um, okay, next up, our same game parlay game, Brandon. The Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Los Angeles Rams. Rams getting that classic home field advantage, three-point mm -hmm. spread uh, with the Rams in favor. I don't know if you've seen this since we started streaming slash recording, but uh, Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth, Fryermuth, excuse me, has been ruled out, uh, re-aggravated his hamstring issue on Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, so he will not play... Um, the report from NFL Network is he might be out for a little while as well, which bodes well for the Jaguars that we talked about next week. But um, I don't know if that heavily impacts your thoughts here. Uh, Rams, Steelers, what do you got? I don't love the idea of TJ Watt going up against the Rams offensive line, specifically their right tackle there. Uh, I believe it's still Rob Havenstein, which, you know, he's been fine. But I just TJ Watt's on. He is on a tear. So that worries me a little bit. But the Steelers offense has been so bad, as I alluded to, with taking the Najee Harris under. And if I don't think he's going to have a big day, then certainly I can't – I just can't bet. I, I don't think the Steelers can keep pace with the Rams' scoring ability and their offensive production. So, actually, I thought about locking this up. It is not my lock of the week, um, but I am going to take the Rams to win and cover. And I'm someone who's typically, I feel like, higher on the Steelers than the, the, the you know, the general uh, – population but in this case uh, i like the rams more you're also somebody who's generally lower on the rams as well so generally higher on the steelers lower yep. on the rams um and i'm with you on everything that you said um the rams i don't know what it is i this is the, this is the most enjoyable i've ever found the rams to be under sean McVay. i'm not saying i enjoy them but this is the most enjoyable some of that is the maybe the like cast of unknowns like the puka nakua story come out of nowhere the kyron williams thing even though he's um you know not going to play for a little while um, and then you have enough mainstays to just kind of give it the juice you need with Stafford and Cup and Aaron Donald. Like there is a cool little, I don't know that I would use the word vibe, but a cool energy with the Rams that I am enjoying. Meanwhile, like I wish that the Steelers had that energy. Like they don't like, and that's just like this frustrating thing. Like, 
it felt like they did and they had all these positive kind of things going on with them prior to the season starting. I cannot. And I know that the Mike Tomlin thing, whatever, maybe we get deeper into the season and, and that starts to play a bigger role, but I just can't do it right now. I'm glad you didn't make this, by the way, your lock of the week. That would have been a bad kind of ominous sign for our same game parlay, I think, to have so much riding on one single game. That would have been a not cool. I agree with you on the Rams thing in terms of, I feel like part of the, the why they were not likable or at least less likable or more annoying, however you want to phrase it before. So I think they were like trying to be shoved down everyone's throats because it's like LA's back, right? football's back in LA and here are the Rams and oh, Sean McVay is the best coach of all time. And just like, it was so just like the NFL wanted the Rams to very much be a thing. And now they're just like a team that's around and you can appreciate them for what they are instead of being like, you know, forced into liking them or being so forced into the spotlight. So I agree with that. And then on the Steelers, I mean, look, I'm a don't blame the coach guy as much as other people relatively. But when you look at how pathetic the Steelers offense has been for such a long time now, Shukapadia got that stat every week how the Steelers haven't had like uh, 400 total yards or whatever. Yeah, and it's just like, it's pathetic. How can you look at that and just be like, yeah, let's just keep running it back with Matt Canada? Like, why is he still here? Try something new. Um, I don't know that they're going to do anything in season, but it just feels like that offense is painful to watch. And I'm not saying uh, it's all Matt Canada's fault. I think Kenny Pickett wears some of that blame for sure, but you would at least like to see Kenny Pickett with a different offensive coordinator. Um, by the way, I just saw a tweet from ESPN's Jake Trotter, who covers the Cleveland Browns, that Deshaun Watson um, got almost all of the quarterback reps mm. during Friday's portion of the practice that was open to media. So, I mean, just something. I know we both took the Browns anyway, but just something to consider. Mm -hmm. um, okay, next up, the Los Angeles Chargers, who took absolutely no heat for losing in devastating fashion once again. Um, the truest indication of how people feel about football in Los Angeles. The Chargers are in Arrowhead. Everybody used to try to make this game such a big deal. Um, but the Chiefs have just vanquished them so often that it really isn't anymore. Um, there's evidence of that in the fact that Kansas City, um, they are five and a half point favorites, Brandon, at Arrowhead against the Chargers, coming off the mini by themselves uh, with the win last week against the Broncos. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, rest disadvantage here with the Chargers having to travel after playing Monday Night it's Football. It's so stupid. Like, this should never happen. Like, coming off of a Monday Night game against a team coming off of a Thursday Night game. Especially and the Chiefs the... were even at home. The Chiefs were at home on that Thursday yep. night game. So they haven't had to, like, they didn't even have to fly home. Like, it's just, this should never happen. It's so dumb. Well, especially against a division opponent. You know, it's one thing if it's like a random AFC, NFC game. Like, if you're going to make it happen, try to make it in a game that doesn't matter so much for the standings in a division to give one team that big of an edge. But um, impossible to take the Chargers to win straight up in this game because it's just like, they just find ways to lose, man. I It's crazy. I just don't think you've ever seen, like, you know, there's just those teams over the years that you see they, they just find a way to win they just find a way to win somehow and the Steelers have been like that like for just for example and the Chargers is the exact opposite they just find ways to lose they're gonna lose they just they they know how to lose and they do it well and they're gonna lose this game the only question is if the Chiefs cover or not Chiefs aren't always great at covering uh so I do wonder that about that a little bit but whatever they're going to win the game. So I will take the Chiefs to win, and I'll just say they figure out a way to cover the spread. You are leaving out something very important about this game. It's my lock of the week. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm with you that sometimes the Chiefs have trouble covering, but like you can, like that's objectively fair, but you can throw out any kind of like little wonky thing like that, and I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like these in, in these 
this game with these two forces meeting, like I will take the Chiefs a hundred out of a hundred times. I will take a lot of teams a hundred out of a hundred times against the Chargers. Like the Chargers are just it's not even that they're charging anymore. Like the charging thing was kind of funny. Like now they're just sad. You know what I mean? Like nobody's enjoying this. Um, so yeah, go Chiefs. Um, next up, Brandon will stay in the AFC West where the Denver Broncos are back at home after last week's rough loss. Um, and they are underdogs again at home. They are one point underdogs to the Green Bay Packers, uh, who have been kind of gross. Um, now we should say this is Steven's lock of mm-hmm. the week. He is taking the Packers. Um, so, I mean, he's laying one point, almost to pick them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say I'm, I agree with him. I'm going to take the Packers. Obviously didn't lock this up. Um, he got here first for what it's worth. Um, I just, how can you trust the Broncos and the, I, I said that the Patriots were the, the like the all bad vibes. This is worse than that. Like <laughs> who wants to be a part of this team? Like nobody does like the Jerry Judy comment. Did you see this, um, this week about yeah. like, I may be open, but the offensive line isn't doing their job and the quarterback, like what, this is a completely dysfunctional operation right now. Mm. Yeah, not a good start for Sean Payton, I would say. And I I did consider this his lock of the week just before I saw that Steven had even taken it. Like, just looking at the Lions, I was like, okay, that's a contender. Okay, Steven took that. Um, I'll let him have it. Although I think we can double up if there's a scenario where we both feel strongly at some point, yeah. some point down the road. No. But uh, we can talk about that later. Uh, I am also taking the Packers here. Yeah, it's basically a pick em. I mean, the Packers haven't been perfect, but like... I don't know. They haven't been a total joke this year, and the Broncos have been. Like the Broncos. They've been, yeah. <laughs> been pathetic. So I will side with the team that is not like totally pathetic, and in theory could be fine, where the Broncos are just a disaster. Mm. Yeah. Um, does anybody even feel sorry for the Broncos? You know what I mean? Like, no. I think some people like some some people feel sorry for the Chargers, right? Or and like like we said, it's kind of easy to feel sorry for the Colts right now and the Anthony Richardson thing. Like there there are things that you can kind of go like, that's not my team, but I feel badly for them. But like. Sean Payton really like painted this villain kind of film over the Broncos. Like nobody like really cares about them. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a weird time. Like in our lifetime, the Broncos have been a very relevant team. You know what I mean? So it's it's just kind of weird to see them relegated in terms of discussion and overall attention. Yeah. I mean, you know, they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. So they have that going for them. And I think that makes it harder to feel bad for them because, okay, you got that one ring. I um this brings up a question I was going to ask you on the mixtape. Do you think like the people have this discussion all the time? Like, if your team, whatever sport it is, wins a title, is there like a grace period that they're allowed to you know not be good again? Because I have a friend who's a Broncos fan, mm-hmm. one of my best friends, Noah. Um, and so the next year after that title in 2016, when they didn't make the playoffs, I remember texting him and I was like, "Dude, you have no right to complain. Like, you literally won the Super Bowl last year." And little did I know that they would begin a drought that was literally the longest of any Super Bowl winner to not reach the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But my point is like, is there an allowance the teams have like with their fans <clears throat> after winning a title? It's context dependent. I think with that Broncos team, especially they were built to they like, they they put their chips all in. This, that was not sure. a team that was built to go on like a dynasty run. They had, they're starting right. Trevor Simeon the very next season. So like they were always, you know, looking like they're going to take a step back. Um, and that's, you know, that's rare. You know, I feel like for Super Bowl winners to, I mean, how many teams have won a Super Bowl and their starting quarterback retired like recently? It's not really the norm. So um, I definitely think context dependent with them. I do think it's pathetic. Like you said, they haven't even been able to make the playoffs, but, you know, it's tough that they had an all time quarterback enter their division uh, around the same time uh, shortly after that win. So and that certainly hasn't helped them. But, yeah, it's been it's been a bad time for the Broncos, not only having to 
weather or Broncos fans, and I'll be having to weather like front office incompetency and also ownership issues throughout this, like, you know, the, that as well. Um, and then having this great quarterback in your division who might be like the best player of all time. <laughs> who you've literally never beaten. Like that's such a tough yeah. scene. Like that you've literally never beaten him. Like that is wild. Um, okay. The, um, the Miami Dolphins, Brandon, are visiting the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night football at the link. You will be there. What color shoes will you be wearing? Black. Okay. Do you, um, you double knot them? Are they like kind There's of a no fashion situation? They're just slip on dress shoes. Look at that. Okay. Good for you. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are getting two and a half points in the process. The Eagles laying two and a half at home. Eagles coming off of their first loss of the season, as we discussed last week against the New York Jets. How do you have the shoes right there? Like, I, I'm so pleased <laughs> that you happen to have them right there. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, but um, so coming off their first loss of the season, we talked about this on the mixtape. This is a big um like reestablish the narrative game for the eagles not a must win and this is also a big like take full control of the narrative game for the dolphins right like if you go do the same kind of thing you've been doing put up all the points again last opportunity miami had they kind of failed and was it kind of they absolutely failed in buffalo um so this is a, if the if the dolphins fail again then it becomes like oh cool you can score 70 points against the broncos who we just crapped all over mm-hmm. uh but you can't do anything against the top teams in the nfl and if the Eagles lose this game, then it's, okay, now you're starting to take on water. The schedule's getting really tough. Blah, 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 blah. So what are your thoughts? By the, the way, Julio Jones here to dominate. Don't get it twisted. Yes. I think he's here as like a wide receiver three, by the way, and target four in the offense still behind Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith, who Devontae Smith popped up on the injury report this week, but it sounds like he's going to be able to play. Darius Slay is supposed to be back for this game. You'll get Sidney Brown back, which is relevant because they're going to be missing starting safety Reed Blankenship, which isn't really ideal because he's their best safety going up against this explosive, potent Dolphins offense. Let me know if you disagree with this. I think the winner of this game is the NFL's it team, in part just because this is such like a primetime matchup and there's so much juice behind the Dolphins and people have been crushing the Eagles or like saying like, oh, whatever. I've been questioning, not crushing, questioning the Eagles. And I think for them to get a win over the Dolphins, who have been kind of the NFL's it team at least a little bit, uh, to this point, I think they would steal some of that glory then by beating them in a primetime spot in the Kelly Green jerseys, making their debut in their current iteration. So um, I like the Eagles in this one. I know that it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a back and forth game. But I think ultimately the Eagles had a performance last week that wasn't totally characteristic of who they are. And I think they're due for some good luck in terms of turnover stuff after having four last week. And I think that I have not seen yet if Jalen Carter will definitely play. But if he does, I think having him against this Dolphins offensive line, which is not good, but has been helped by the fact that Tua gets rid of the ball faster than anyone. But specifically having someone like Jalen Carter who can create that interior disruption and instantly kind of make life tough for Tua there in the pocket. And that's just, you know, edge rushers allowing Tua to step up, but getting that interior pressure, uh, I think that's going to cause some issues for the Dolphins. And I think ultimately the Eagles offense will come through in a shootout and the Eagles will win and cover. Um, I don't know that I agree that the winner is the it team. I think the Dolphins are kind of the it team already. I think a win exacerbates the issue. I think if the Eagles crush the Dolphins, then maybe. Um, but the Eagles have kind of been the NFL's it team for a long time. Like, I do think people are kind of 
looking for something else like you know how it is like people are ready to kind of jump ship to like a new story and be entertained by something else i do think if the eagles lose and obviously if the dolphins like boat race them you know scoring a lot of points i do think that's when the like that's when the real criticism starts to kind of come especially because it's on sunday night football mm -hmm. i just have a hard time believing in the dolphins getting slowed enough uh, for the eagles to keep up i told you this on the mixtape obviously i want to see the eagles lose but i am curious to see what the eagles look like down 10 points down 14 points like i, I would be very like when was the last time that happened in a game i mean what like two years i mean so i would just like to see that and see how the the overall you know kind of mood is and how things operate so i'm just curious at that um i'm gonna take the dolphins i took them on the mixtape i thought about making this my lock of the week but i didn't want to mm. pee too much into the win um so um again because i'm getting points i mean that's the thing like i know we all took the dolphins and we got points in buffalo i think that's the thing i think this line is telling you the eagles have a better chance than a lot of people seem to think it just seems to me like i, I think a lot of the money is probably going on the dolphins and the points here but i think that i think that's probably true but i don't think that like I haven't seen like a picks graphic, but I don't know that like the world is picking the Dolphins. But it's but, interesting uh, too because this line opened at two and a half, and now it is here. It dropped down to two at one point, but like it's it's interesting that this line is staying here because I think you I think most people would have expected it to move towards the Dolphins with the Eagles losing, but uh, it hasn't. Um, two last things for me. Um, one, uh, you mentioned all the injuries. Jalen Carter, who didn't play last week, status. He was limited in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. I'm guessing he's going to be able to play this week, but you know we'll see okay. for sure in the Friday injury report. But um, um, it'd be, I think it's a big deal to get him back, obviously. Jalen Carter is going to become, like, from an injury standpoint, obviously, hopefully he doesn't have any injuries ever again. Hopefully nobody does. But, like, I could see him becoming, like, the Lane Johnson of, you know, well, when he's out, you know what I mean? Like, whatever type thing sure. on the defense. I mean, they're 0-1 when Jalen Carter right. hasn't played <laughs> right. this year exactly. and 5-0 exactly. when he has. Um my last thing, um, and then we'll do our one sentences and, and get the Friday Football Friday MVP. Um, thoughts on Julio Jones bring number 80? Because I think that's really gross, dude. Like, that's I mean, it's tough at you know, this point of the year. It's not like you have your pick of the litter when it comes to a jersey number. I especially think that the Eagles 8 and 0 are not great in their, their jersey font. It doesn't look as good as other teams' numbers that way. So uh, I don't love it. I don't hate it. Because I like bigger receivers in an eight, typically. I think that's the right number. I just think the eight O doesn't doesn't look great. Um, so uh, it's kind of the thumb sideways for me. Um, I never thought he looks great in the Atlanta eleven because it was it's kind of a like a really slender eleven. You know, mm. so it's not just that it's a, a thin number, but it, it was like a particularly thin font. Um, like the Eagles, like eleven, the one kind of like kicks out and has the bottom thing, so it's a little bit wider. Um, but yeah, no, I'm this. This is gross. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, can't do it. Um, okay, one sentence on the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football. The Vikings are home underdogs, seven point home underdogs. The 49ers will bounce back and win and cover. I think the 49ers will win, but I would not be surprised if the Vikings cover at the very end. <laughs> so, Rachel, if you could come in, please, and provide your overall thoughts um, and your overall criticisms. And, um, of course, uh, hand out the even more coveted than Monday Football Monday uh, MVP, the Friday Football Friday MVP, because this doesn't happen every single week. So, like, you know, we all have, like, trunks full of MFW MVPs that you've handed out over the years. But, like, there's only, like, three Friday Football Friday MVPs in existence. So be very, very careful with this award, please. Okay. Will do. Noted. Um, in regards to Monday Night Football, uh, 49ers at Vikings, uh, both teams coming off of, like, pretty weak offensive performances. Um, but I think one of the 
the fact that the Vikings lost uh, Marcus Davenport. And so the fact that he's now on IR, I think that that's going to, you know, be a key factor. And so, of course, I have the 49ers winning this game. I think they're going to bounce back overall more talented team. So, yeah. Um, but today, uh, I think the only point that was like different was the Raiders and the Bears. That was the only one that was different between the two of you. And so I also picked the Raiders. Um, I said, RJ, how dare you lock up the Lions against my Baltimore Ravens? That definitely lost you some points. But both strong performances from you guys. I'm going to give it to BLG. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, wow. RJ sealed his fate instantly by taking <laughs> By taking the line. Ratio, why wouldn't you hand out like like points for boldness? You know what I mean? Like I, no, I said, bold, but still. I said what, but I said what I said because I believe it. Like I'm not placating to you the way Brandon is. I mean, Brandon also no, picked not. the line. Yeah, but I didn't lock game. them up. I think I think it's gonna be a close <laughs> game. I'm not saying the, the Raiders don't have. Or sorry, the Ravens Rachel, don't have Brandon, a chance. Historically, don't get me don't get it twisted. I'm a little nervous for this game, but you know. Rachel, we have hundreds of hours of audio of Brandon hating on Lamar Jackson. He really does. Not. You definitely do cover him all the time. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> I think he's been a fantastic regular season player. I mean, the the playoff numbers are inarguably bad. Like they're just they're look yeah. they're look at them. Look how bad they are. Yeah. Just he has to. I I want to see him better in the playoffs. Play get to the playoffs and then play really well. I'd like to see it. All right, let's leave. Yeah. And as we do, Rachel, I would like you to tell us your top three Christmas movies. Before we started recording, you told us your favorite Halloween movies. So get ahead of the curve here. Top three in any order you want. Doesn't have to be like one, two, three. Top three favorite Christmas movies. Christmas movies. This Christmas with Chris Brown in it is probably number one. Um, I Michael I Michael Peterson told me last week that's his favorite Christmas movie, by the way. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is a movie, but do you guys watch the little cartoons that come on like the local news channel? And it's like the heat miser and the frost miser. Yes, that's the year without Santa Claus, right? Yeah, that's yeah. probably like number two. Um, Love that. Number three, maybe Christmas. I mean, it's not really Christmas. It's winter time. Uh, like the frozen. Maybe? I think that counts. Like, we can we can count that. Winter time. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Brandon, say the line and then we leave. TGIF. <laughs>